Hola, and welcome to the Beauteous Me podcast, a relatable and authentic space for all. Every week we hop on a roller coaster, share laughter and tears on topics we might be ashamed to discuss. We do this all while finding its inner beauty. My name is Jamili Whitfield, and the journey begins now. Hi guys, welcome back. We have another awesome guest. I think all my guests are awesome, but you know, I just love lifting people up and energizing everyone, especially with everything going on in this world <laughs> and this pandemic. So we have an awesome, amazing, beautiful person. Her name is Victoria, and she is a licensed professional counselor and spiritual coach who combines her background and training in psychology and and counseling with her intuitive gifts to help clients heal, grow, and realize their spiritual and full personal potential. She is also a published author and has been featured in various national publications and podcasts. Everyone, welcome, Victoria. Hey, thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you, Victoria, for being here. So I I thought that it would be great, and I looked at, you know, because I stalk people, and I know that's Stalking just my thing. <laughs> now we talk a little bit about, um, you do a lot of work with empathy, a lot of work with intuition and with families, just like, you know, we kind of had a chat, but I think in this day and where we are right now, um, kind of talking about intuition and empathy in trauma. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, with this pandemic going on with so many other things. I mean, before this pandemic, we could talk about social media. We can talk about um, expectations, um, suicide in adolescence on a rise, yeah. and just a lot of people's equilibrium being out of balance. You know, I yes. thought this These was like important. Very times. It is, and they are. They really, really are. So it's not just um, the COVID nineteen. It's it's deeper right. than that. Right. And I think that's sort of just the boiling and bubbling up. It was <laughs> yeah. us to this place that we're at right now. It's like the soda bottle that you kind of shook and it's like, ah. Yeah. And I think for many of the people that I work to and who feel drawn and called to work with me are highly, highly sensitive and oftentimes empathic, intuitive souls. And for those people, it can be really hard too, because these are people that feel the energies of other people yeah. and they feel the energies of the planet. So yeah. when that becomes activated and we really like turn up the intensity and the emotional heat, um, these are the people, myself included, that can sometimes get overwhelmed in that energy and really even like lose yourself in the emotions of everybody me. else. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like me. Yeah. And I know in my own experience, like, you know, the last couple of days, it's been really important for me and my own personal practice so that I can be, you know, good for my clients to really power down and really go inside and really find my own equilibrium and take time out of my day to do that because the energies are really strong right now. Mm -hmm. And it's just so easy to catch yourself and get caught up in that wave of fear. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us, how did you get here where you are today with the work that you're doing? So my original training way back when was as a research psychologist. Mm -hmm. So when I, for as long as I can remember, I've always been fascinated with psychology, with the brain, with understanding those big questions like consciousness and, and how do we know what we know and how do our minds work? And so I felt drawn to pursue a graduate program in psychology and I studied cognitive psychology and then um, did postdoctoral work in developmental and um, psychology. Oh, that's amazing. Um, right. And so my, my career was going to be as a research psychologist, but what I found is that I didn't really love doing research. <laughs> I love <laughs> big questions, but for me, the day-to-day -day, um, 
research didn't really interest me so much. And when you're doing psychological research, you know, it was hard for me to answer those big questions in that research paradigm. And so I decided to take some time off and raise my family and do some writing and do some other things. But the love of the mind Mm -hmm. and psychology never went away. And so as my kids got older and as I was doing my own inner journey and working on my own stuff, I had a lot of my own stuff to work on. I mean, that's what we are, right? When we're in this field, we got to kind of work on our own stuff in order to heal someone else. So, yeah. And as I was doing my own inner journey and as I was finding my intuition was starting to awaken for me, I felt really called, again, to be of service and um, went back to school and got my counseling degree. So my clinical degree is in counseling, which is really cool because it's a very different approach than psychology. And then I also have this great um, background and training in psychology to fall back on. So it's it's a really magical combination, especially that with my intuitive wisdom, which is really the, the what I lead with and use most. So can you tell the listeners what is intuition? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> so the way that I understand intuition is from a spiritual perspective, because that's what makes sense to me. And I think of intuition as sort of our spiritual GPS system. I think that at our core, we're all spiritual beings and that we're just having a human experience right now. And so your intuition is where you connect to the wisdom of your spirit or the wisdom of your soul. Now, you don't have to take a spiritual um, perspective for this to work. And there's nobody in a human body right now that has not at some point in their life had an experience where they knew something or they felt something or they had a hunch or a gut feeling or the chills or something that proved to be right. And or proved to, you know, they had a hunch and they followed that hunch or they didn't follow that hunch, but they realized that hunch was correct. That's your intuition. And usually those hunches are things that you can't explain with your thinking mind. They're not things that you thought about or knew. It's deeper than that. And that's what intuition is about, really. And we all have it. So how do you develop those intuitive skills and become more intuitive? Um, The first thing to do is just start to allow that it exists and set that intention I find that for me, um, in my journey, you know, as soon as I, I allowed myself to sort of set that intention to tap into my inner wisdom, I noticed it happening all the time. It's sort of like, you know, when you're looking to buy a new car and then all of a sudden you're looking at a certain model and then everywhere you look, you see, you see yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know that's so funny. When it's, I bought my Jeep, I was like, Jeeps, 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 know, Jeeps. Right? Why am I seeing you all these there Jeeps? Were so many on the road until you started to tune into them. Right is the same thing it's happening all the time but the problem is we live in a society that teaches us to value our thinking linear conceptual mind first Mm. and your busy mind is sort of it blocks your intuition so tell me intuition comes from that place of stillness so when you start to tune into your intuition and allow it to come through you'll see it's working all the time for you it was always there you just weren't paying attention so tell me more about that about the blockage and and the linear and what that is. <laughs> okay, so slow down. Thank you so much. Um, so your mind is something, and this is the way I understand things. And again, I always invite people to take what resonates with them and let the rest go. But the way that I look at it is the mind is something that we learn. Mm-hmm. We learn our minds. We, we develop our mind, you know, through our cognitive development, through our interactions with other people in those early years, through, you know, when you're a little kid and, and you look at a sunset and mom says sun and the child says sun. That's how we learn words and yeah. concepts. And so those are things that we learn. You're born with your intuition, but mind is something that you learn over time. And mind is a wonderful tool because it's how we create 
human reality, which is a good thing to be connected with mm-hmm. <laughs> and how Especially we communicate now. with others <laughs> and how, and how we, you know, understand this human experience we're having. Mm-hmm. It's just not the only thing. And so your intuition is that deeper wisdom um, that's there all the time that's coming from, you know, your, your essence, your spiritual essence as a soul. So most of us spend most of our time in our minds and, and any kind of teachings. If you look at any kind of spiritual teachings, like Buddhism is a good example, but really all teachings make this point. You know, you're always taught to learn to still the mind, meditation, mm. right? Mindfulness. It's all about presence Yes. because presence is actually who and what you really are. And the mind is like the clouds in the sky and there's <laughs> nothing wrong with those clouds. It's just that many people think they are the clouds mm. and you're not the clouds, you're the sky. Oh, that's right. deep. I don't know. That's <laughs> if deep. That makes sense. Yeah, that's deep. That is really right. deep. So in, in talking about intuition and um, how do we heal or how do we become more empathic to people who are experiencing trauma or have experienced trauma? So just trying to reframe the question and really... so. When we have a lot of trauma, wow, that's a, it's a good question. I'm just, I'm just really trying yeah, to well, pull let up spirit the guide best you. response. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how we show empathy for people that have had trauma mm-hmm. is really, you don't need your intuition to do that. You just need your heart. Um, but in my work, the way that I do it, mm-hmm. um, definitely a lot of what I do is I tune into guidance for people. So I have the ability to tune in and use my intuition to receive guidance for other people that might not be able to hear their own right now kind of deal. And I always tell people when they walk into my office, my job is to, you know, give your guidance back to you. I don't necessarily know anything that you don't know other than the stuff I learned from the degrees on my wall. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that. And I tell people certainly when it's coming from my professional training, but when we're doing talking about the intuition, I always think of myself as giving you know, I'm doing you, I'm reflecting you back to you, and I'm giving you you, your own inner guidance, which sometimes we can't hear when our mind and our trauma is very, very loud and very activated. Yeah. And in doing that, I also help clients tap into their own inner wisdom because they start to recognize what it feels like, what it sounds like. And so they have that own reconnection in themselves, and then they can access their own inner healer. And, you know, eventually they might not need me at all, which is sort of the goal, right? Right. That is the ultimate goal for anyone who does this work. So that's how I work and how I interact with people that have had a background with trauma. And of course, as a counselor, as well as an intuitive coach and consultant, I work with many, many people that have had traumas. Mm -hmm. And as you know, as a social worker, Trauma can mean a lot of different things. So oftentimes we think of trauma as these big, you know, I've been in a war or I've been, you know, attacked or, you know, and it can be an abusive relationship. And all of these things are, of course, you know, traumatic or what sometimes we call the big T traumas. Mm -hmm. But we also have a lot of micro traumas in our lives. So anytime that, you know, especially in childhood, but really throughout life where, you know, you did not feel your full loveliness mirrored back to you um can be traumatic so we have lots of little traumas too and so anytime those things are activated it can make us you know very uncomfortable and it can sometimes distract us away from tuning into and connecting with our own inner wisdom can you share with what some of those micro traumas are because i think everyone sees the big picture of what the traumas are and there's so many scales and 
um, so many tools that clinicians have to use to kind of assess trauma screenings, right. trauma assessments. <laughs> and so, so, but we're always asking about the big ones. And so, but right. we, we kind of tend to forget and even a bit of research tends to forget about the micro traumas and how the that is activated. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. And I work with a lot of children, so and a lot of adult children. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah join the club. I see, this, <laughs> I see this all the way through the lifespan, but it's really any time when you're like the inner child or you're when you were a child that you didn't maybe feel heard or seen by your caregivers, mm. that can be traumatic, even if you have the best parent in the world. An example is like I'm working with someone who um, is a child of a um, mom, dad left when they were young, mom became very depressed, she had to work all the time because she was now a single parent. And so now the adult, you know, her inner child or that part of herself, you know, not big traumas, she wasn't raped, she wasn't attacked, they weren't homeless, any of those kind of things, but mom was not emotionally available to her through most of her childhood. And that in itself is traumatic. And so now as an adult, you know, in interacting with her husband who's emotionally unavailable and trying to be a parent to her kids that are very needy and demanding, all of this stuff is coming up for her. Oh, wow. So that would be an example of how that works. They're not big things that you would, if I said to this person, do you have a trauma history? And she's been in a lot of therapy, so mm-hmm. she actually does recognize me now as a trauma <laughs> history. But if you hadn't been in a lot of therapy and I said, hey, you know, do you have any history of trauma? The person would probably say no. Mm-hmm. But those early life experiences are traumatic, right? And there can be little things too, like a teacher that wasn't kind to you. You know, a lot of people have those moments. Bullying as a child can be very traumatic. Yeah, you think about it. People still think Mm -hmm. about it or harbor um, on thinking of teachers. Oh, I remember such and such teacher. They'll forget about the really nice teacher unless it was like someone really who kind of impacted them. But they'll remember that mean teacher and be like, so-and-so drove me great I get, and still to this day you 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 see when they're describing this person or introducing right. this person or talking about this person the emotions you see coming out of it right. or even being bullied or picked on or you know I can share I I as the only girl of five brothers that was right. traumatic in itself because I had to understand even culturally um in, in the Latino culture that the males are superior, the machismo. And so right. you look undermined as the girl who has to clean, who has to cook, who has to do this, who has to be a bit submissive. Um, and also in, in how that interfered in, in school and being a little meek at a certain point till being right. bullied and then being too outspoken. <laughs> right. It's hard to learn that compass right. when you don't have someone to show you. Right. Yeah, right. Sure. So I think, you know, it's, it's important to kind of talk about the micro traumas as well, because Absolutely. it impacts people's even personalities and who you interact with. And you're just like, what happened to you? You know, what <laughs> right. happened to you? And it's not the what's wrong with you. It's the what happened to you. Absolutely. And and to know too, that we're not defined by these early experiences. Right. Sometimes people that have had trauma or a lot of therapy start to make that part of their identity mm-hmm. and say, I had an unavailable, emotionally unavailable parent. And that's who I am now. <laughs> that explains what you're experiencing now until you transform it. So we're not defined by these things, but understanding them can help us know where our source spots are, where our triggers are, so that we can start to heal those and, and hold ourselves and love ourselves through those. And that's really, you know, how we come to healing. So how do we do that work? Like, how do we combine intuition, 
and tra- like healing the trauma when it comes to tuition. And I know you talked about it, there's like blockages and kind of understanding your intuition because when the trauma is like right there, right in your face, right. it's hard for you to listen. It's hard for you to be present. It's hard for you to be mindful because you have the jumping monkeys in your head that are like, exactly. gotta do this, gotta do this, this is what's going on, right. you know? And you're kind of in a trance, right? You're yeah. in that state of worry, of fear, of activation. You're not where you are now. Right. You're, you're back in what was happening then mm-hmm. or a combination. So part of what I do, and again, it's different for everyone, but part of, of what I do in my sessions is, you know, when I see someone activated to the best of my ability, I, I help them become aware of that mm-hmm. and learn to find the presence in that. And there's lots of techniques and tools that people can use. There's EMDR. Yeah. There's, I mean, you can Google these. So there's a lot of different tools and I use some of those too, but most of what I do is just sort of that energetic resonance where when you are with somebody who is grounded and calm, mm-hmm it can help you snap out of that. And and from doing that, from sort of recognizing when we're activated and then learning to step out of it and hold ourselves through it, we start to heal. Um, I also can use my intuition because I have the ability to read people. So mm. this is sort of a little bit more of an intuitive superpower. Yeah. But again, as you start to awaken your inner wisdom, you'll start to know we all have superpowers. Yeah. It's just a matter of, <laughs> the, of being open to them. The brain is but powerful. But is that I can read people mm-hmm. and I can get a lot of information about, you know, just from my, my inner, inner knowing um, what's activated for them, what their story is. And so we can sometimes cut to the chase and not have to do a lot of work. Uh, a cool example is early in my practice, I had a client um, who called me um, because their daughter was ill and they were having trouble dealing with it. And, you know, even on the intake, even on like the telephone, I had a very strong intuitive hit that they had had an experience as a child where they were very sick and their parent did not respond appropriately. Mm. And this is why they were so triggered about their child and so guilty because they felt like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm not, I I didn't do this right. right. And so their inner child was triggered as well as their parent. And so, you know, it was very, it it helped me cut to the chase because with this client, as soon as they came in, I could say, tell me about your childhood. Tell me about, were you you ever sick? (laughs) And, you know, it just, it it gets us there quicker. Yeah. So that's one way that I use my intuition. So my guidance will show me sometimes just exactly, you know, what is getting triggered right now and what we need to work on. So that helps me as well. And I think that's important that you say that because I use, um, intuition in my work with the adolescents and sometimes right. you know the staff that I supervise are like well how did you figure that out I'm like I just right. I just felt that there was something there was something there like let, let's talk about the trauma this is more than just you know sitting doing intake and everything is superficial no 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 and then you start seeing yeah. other behaviors <laughs> manifest and you're just like what's this about Exactly. Are you safe? Do you feel safe? What do you feel unsafe with? What? Why, why do you feel uncomfortable with this world? What has gone on? And so when you start right. digging deeper, because you feel it, you know it, you sense it, and you're just like, it's something yeah. deeper than that. And even um, in the social work field where um, if we don't use our intuition, and that's just the truth, we can have situations where we're not focused on the safety of and well-being of someone. Yes, there and are so, times when you just yeah. have to dot the I's and cross the T's. Yeah, you have to kind of follow through and say something doesn't sit well with me. And I've had um, cases where I'm just like, something doesn't sit well with me, where I've sat at an intake or admission because I do um, the admissions and it's just energy that I feel and I'm just like, this is going to be a problem. (laughs) And I think every good clinician and really I think anyone who's really good at whatever they do Mm -hmm. is using their intuition. Yeah. You know, 
I don't know who your listeners are, so I don't know if you all know this, but you know there are a lot of fields. There, there's a lot of talk in psychological and counseling and social work mm-hmm. literature, and there's certain fields like humanistic, um, like Carl Rogers. Yes, Carl Rogers, yeah. Right, he'll talk about that. He talks about that sixth sense. He talks about using that. And so when a therapist is talking to you, and anyone who's been in therapy knows, you know, we'll kind of reflect back, well, I think what I heard you say was, yeah. you know, a lot of times what we're getting is that deeper sense. We're hearing our intuition, and we're also holding the space for you to hear your intuition. Mm-hmm. And so I think any good therapist is using that. I do sometimes see that some things we think are intuition are not. Yes. And that's important to kind of talk about as well. Yeah. I recently had a phone call with a clinician that was convinced that a particular situation was abuse and they had no evidence that it was abuse. Mm -hmm. And I was working with the family and I had no sense that it was abuse, but for whatever reason, they got that in their mind. And she kept saying, this is my gut feeling. This is my gut feeling. And I, and it was probably her own story. Yeah. Coming up. It was probably <laughs> again, her own story coming I, I up. I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but I know in the back of your mind, you were like, I, I think that's your own story that's coming yeah, up. Yeah. Exactly. And we have and, to be mindful of that as well, right. because if you've had, if you've shared that experience or you've had a similar trauma, you know, as yeah. wounded healers, that can come up because it kind of looks the same, smells the same, but it's not the same exactly. just because you experienced that. Right. And intuition is always calm. Mm-hmm. It's always clear. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's always pretty direct. So if you find yourself really, I know this is true. This has got to be true. This is my gut feeling. I just know it. I just yeah. know it. it's not your intuition. Yeah, it's, that's important you know, to say that. And even if there's a thread of intuition in there, it's going to be real hard to find it because your mind and your emotions are overactive. So I trust my intuition most when it's clear and calm. And even more, especially when I was first starting out in situations where I really didn't care about the outcome. Because when you don't, when you have a strong attachment to how you think it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. it's a little bit harder to hear your inner voice. Yeah. And also um, situations and information that came through that surprised me because sometimes it would be, you know, the exact opposite of what I thought. But when I heard it, I was like, oh man, I couldn't have thought of this myself, but it's a hundred percent right. And those were the kind of flashes that, and especially in the beginning before I really had such a a clear sense of what my intuition feels like. And we can learn to develop that, but you know, you have to, you have to stay with it. Um, I trusted most of those big surprising aha moments where I'd be like, no, there's no way I could have thought of this, but oh my gosh, that is, that is great. Yeah. And, and you know what, had those moments. we have, and you know, what's interesting. I think um, when I went to grad school, um, spirituality and social work was not a topic. It was not right. a course. It, it wasn't. And I think a few years into the field, I was like, spirituality and social work. Then you start seeing spirituality and psychology, spirituality and licensed mental health counselor. And it's, it is coming, but it wasn't something that was done before. It was like the clear cut, um, approaches, whether whoever you used to model, um, whatever uses of therapy, DBT, CBT, um, TFCBT. Um, but I'm hearing more and more, um, when we're, we're studying evidence-based models that we have to kind of tap into the spiritual side of it. We have to think about spirituality. We have to think about culture. And and, I mean, culture was always put there, but it's just more, it's interesting. It really has evolved these last few years. I think so. And my program, I was really fortunate. I did a counseling program, which is sort of the new kid on the block (laughs) for clinical degrees, but I think that made it more open. And so it was really fun to have that in contrast to my psychology training. But uh, my program 
we, I mean, I took a class in spirituality and counseling. I took a, an advanced multicultural class where we did shamanic journey and, and learned about indigenous healing and how that relates to the, you know, our Western left brain approach. So oh my God, that's so awesome. fortunate yeah. to have those experiences. And I didn't really know when I signed up, I was going to have them, but it, it dovetailed really nicely with my own personal journey. But even if you look at some of these evidence-based things, so DBT is dialectical behavioral therapy, mm-hmm. and that's something that is a great tool that's practiced in hospitals, but also I think even more in the mainstream. And it, it teaches us about presence and it, it, it's really a mindfulness-based practice, yeah. but the person that founded that is actually a Buddhist monk. <laughs> oh, so wow. plays, that I didn't know that. She plays that down, but yeah. And so that Buddhist training goes very much into how she created DBT. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And then now so, I'm in, in the, in, in the beginning phases of being certified for TFCBT and in, in the training that I just took, I think it was last week. Um, some mindfulness is in there and right. um, meditation, which is interesting. Right. Yeah. And so all of these practices are finding their way into the Western world. And the way that I like to think about it, I think a lot of the great discoveries in life, be it, you know, we know Einstein was very intuitive. He talks about it. We know like some of the people, uh, Carl Rogers was very intuitive. He mm-hmm. sort of talks about it. Um, but all, across the board, I think a lot of times those great discoveries do come from our inner wisdom. And then we have these beautiful minds that God has also given us to explain what we're getting, to communicate and share what we're getting, to test what we're getting. Mm. So that, you know, something like um, DBT was developed for sure from that spiritual background. Although again, she, she plays that down and I understand why she does that because she wants to reach the biggest audience possible, but it's also incredibly well-researched. I mean, it's crazy well-researched and that's important too. So you can, you can do both things. It's just that I think we have a culture that sometimes wants to just, you know, cut out that spiritual piece. <laughs> yeah. And that's and I think that really your spirituality is your gold mine and it's always best to start there. Start with that inner wisdom, let those things come and then the mind, you know, is great for coming in later and then helping us, you know, put those pieces and manifest them in our human world. That is great and I think that's um really good information to know. Um, especially like I said, with, with the wave and how things are changing, that spirituality is important. It's important to people as well. If we think about, um, the clients that we serve and families that we serve with spirituality is in the forefront or present for them and understanding that. Um, so that's, thank you for, you know, just giving us those knowledge nuggets about that and reminding me about Carl Rogers. I'm like, Oh yeah. I remember him in the grad school. I do think we're moving in to a new paradigm and a new way of looking at things where spirituality is going to become more of a focal point and we're going to allow that to come more into our lives. This is my hope and this is what I've seen. You know, I've been practicing now for about 10 years and I graduated with my clinical degree because I was doing um, parent consulting and intuitive uh, coaching just a little bit before I got my clinical degree. So I graduated in 2011. And at that point, I was doing these two very different things. I already had a client base of intuitive um, clients. And then I was also starting to build my counseling practice. And I remember asking one of my teachers, who is also an intuitive, you know, how do I put these two things together? I can't figure it out. Mm -hmm. And she told me, you know, I think she gave me the year 2015. She's like, in 2015, the world will be ready for what you do. And I really feel that. I really feel that when I started 
you know, I really had to keep these two things so separate and, you know, really, um, the universe always brought me people that were open to what I do anyway, but mm. like there were a lot of people that just, it wasn't worth mentioning. Right. right. But, you know, we could, I could, I could use my intuition for sure, but that was beyond their comfort zone and that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not about force feeding anything to anyone. Right. Cause people don't understand what intuition right, is until you yeah. research it. They think like, is this a witch doctor? Right. Like, what? <laughs> exactly. But now, what is she doing? People are so much more open and mm -hmm. so many people, like as soon as they even get a little glimmer of what I do, they're like, Oh my God, that's so great. Yeah. Tell us more. Yeah. We want to use that too. God gave us these gifts, you know, are changing. Yeah. God definitely gave us these gifts. So, you know, with all the work that you're doing, um, what kind of, what's your mission or what's your purpose in combining both of them? My mission and my purpose is, you know, to be of service however I can. And, you know, I like to think of we all have our gifts to share with the world. And, and you know, at the end of the day, you are actually just you being you is the biggest gift that you can give to the world. And everything else is the icing on the cake. Um, but for me, I just want to keep showing up however I'm called to serve. Mm -hmm. And I think that the work that I do helps people, you know, awaken their, to their own spiritual nature it helps them to see their way through life struggles because we can get lost in life struggles and many yeah. people think you know that's all there is but you know our intuition and and the guidance that I often receive for people it helps us find the deeper meaning in what's going on it mm -hmm. helps us um you know not get sucked up in all the craziness and stay centered when you know our lives become difficult mm -hmm. and it and, and most importantly you know I love to help people connect with their own inner wisdom mm. because we all have inner wisdom and inner healer, all the resources that we need inside of us. We just need to learn how to connect with and activate those. Mm. And so I think my biggest role and really the role of any healing or helping professional is to help our clients or our patients, whoever you, whatever term you right. use, <laughs> you know, awaken their own inner wisdom and their own inner healer. That is great. So do you have any free takeaways for the listeners and just let them know where they can find you to yes, get more information? Because your Instagram page is awesome. It's full of a lot oh, of knowledge nuggets, so but Definitely. they have to find Are you. Are you going to post that? Um, yeah. Okay, good. I so will. I'll be tagging you. Handle, <laughs> but I do post regularly on Instagram and yeah. Facebook. Um, and I also, if you go to my website, I have a really fun free online quiz where you can figure out and discover what your spiritual superpowers are, which is really fun. Ooh. I have, um, tell us more about that one. Oh, yes. About, tell you more. Yeah. About yes. the, about Talk the about, quiz. Well, it's a little quiz that, you know, helps you identify some of the spiritual superpowers that we all come to earth with. Are you compassionate? Are you able to, um, align with your authentic self? Are you intuitive? Do you have, are you have that natural connection to your inner wisdom? I'm trying to think of the other spiritual superpowers. That's a bunch. Um, are you able to um, cultivate a, a place of presence in your life and to be present? Ooh. So it helps you figure out which ones are coming naturally for you. And also, of course, you can look at some of the ways that you may want to grow and develop because of course, all of these spiritual superpowers are ours for the taking, but you know, you may find that some, come more naturally to you than others. And so that's a great place to start in awakening to your own beautiful spiritual being. Great. And that's on your website, right? That's on my website. So. And I also have an online course that I launched um, earlier this year on activating your intuition. And that's putting together my 10 years of teaching and working with people on awakening their own intuitive knowing. It's videos and meditations 
and um, written exercises that people can use. It's a completely self-paced online class that you can use to start your own journey if, if you feel called to start to connect more with your own inner wisdom. That is so great, Victoria. And I did, your Instagram handle is vfshaw1. Oh, on Instagram. Know, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also work with clients one-on-one yeah. um, to do counseling in my office in the state of Connecticut, but then all over the country and world for that intuitive consulting and coaching. Hey, guys, you heard she's on the East Coast, so definitely yeah. look up Victoria. <laughs> We're on the East Coast bracing ourselves, yeah, aren't we? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. We're close. Yeah. Thank you so much, Victoria, for taking this time and thank talking to us. This and this was awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Beauteous Me podcast. Please be sure to download new episodes every week and send us your girl, what were you thinking or asking for friend stories to info at imbeauteousme.com. All entries remain anonymous. Also, don't, 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 don't forget to rate, review and hit the subscribe button now.